Romans 12 is where we're going to be. Why don't we pray and we'll jump right in. Lord, we do thank you for your love and your goodness and your kindness. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you once again in this room with your people. And now we invite you as we sang, uh, Holy Spirit, come and speak to us in fresh ways, in new ways. Uh, you're welcome. So we invite you to teach us and lead us and guide us and counsel us and correct us and draw us closer to the way of Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you are new, we're in a series uh, in Romans 12 called Room for More, which means we, we want to make more, room for more, more of God. More of God in our lives, more of God in the way we, we think, more of God in the way we live. And Romans 12 is a bit of a guideline on how to do that. It's an invitation to all that Jesus wants us to experience if you're willing to do what it takes. And so far, if you've missed the teachings in Romans 12, we know that change starts with desire. You have to want it. And so so many of us live unchanged because theoretically we want things to be different, but we actually don't. We really don't desire what God desires. We really don't desire God. And so we're frustrated, so God's going to hit us first in the area of desire. And then he, he does the changing starting in the mind. Transformation doesn't change, or change doesn't happen when you just do different things. That's part of it. But it's actually a mindset shift. And so what God wants to do is to start with our thinking and transform the way that we think. And when my thinking change changes, my living changes. And then we learned from last week, like, okay, how, do, how does my thinking need to change? Last week we learned from Jim. It starts with getting a proper view of ourselves. We need to know who we are in Jesus and who Jesus made us to be. We need a proper view of the body of Christ. How do I fit in the larger thing that God is doing in this world? And then I need a proper view of, of gifts and grace. I need to understand what God has done and what God is doing uniquely through all of us and how to receive from other people and how to give and share with other people. So that's, that's what Romans 12 has had so far for us in verses 1 through 5. Now I want to read where he ended, verse 5, all the way th to verse 8, and we're just going to continue on. Uh, Romans 12, verse 5, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Jesus, or in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. And that's where he ended about understanding grace and body. Now let's look at how he continues. Paul says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And so transformation begins with desire. It, it happens in the mind. I understand how God has made me and put me in a community and that I'm going to receive from God through you. That's the transformed mind. I, I wish God would talk to me. He's talking to you all the time. He, he really is. Most of the time it's not, oh, you know, bright light, deep voice. 
It's through someone else. God uses someone else who's a part of his family to communicate truth to you. Sometimes we don't even realize he's doing it. But part of the mindset shift is realizing I'm graced by God. I'm, I've been given by God. So I matter and I, I mean something to what God is doing. So I'm a receiver. I'm a contributor. You and I are all in this together. So what we want to do is, you think we've been going slow. We're going to go really slow. We're actually going to spend now to the end of the year looking at these verses almost word by word because we want to unlock all of the potential that God has in you in this room. And maybe we just haven't stopped or been slow enough to think about all that's in you by God right now. And I know for some of you that's even a hard pill to swallow. You say, no, 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 it's other, other, other people that... I just wish I was like, and I wish I could do, and I wish, and I wish, and I, I, I'm not, that's not me. I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm not mature enough. I don't know enough. I, I tried, and I messed up. We want to throw all of that bad thinking out the window and reimagine what it means to follow Jesus. You being gifted and given by God for my good. So I'm looking to you to grow in the grace of Jesus. Why? I need it. I need you to speak into my life. I need you to build me up because I'm greedy. No, but I'm not that I'm greedy. Because that's how the kingdom of God works. So we're going to go super slow. Our Christmas series is the gift not wrapped with, you know, paper and bows. But we want to unlock what God has already begun in us. For the good of not just this community, but for the good of the whole world. That's where we're going. So we're going to look at each word, prophecy. What, that, what is that? Teaching, generosity, mercy, all of them. We're going to look at them in detail because what's going to happen, one week you're going to be like, oh, no, no, no. And another week you're going, ooh, oh, maybe that's my fit. I hope that it will unlock something for you over the next couple of months. All right, so that's where we're going. Let's talk about big picture today, gifts and grace. Jim talked about it last week. I'll look at verse 6. We have different gifts, which is the word charismata, which if you've ever heard, like, is this church charismatic? You ever hear the word charismatic? Uh, it's not crazy. Now, not to freak you out, and if you leave now, it will be very weird. We are a charismatic church. <gasps> what? Did I just say that? Well, yeah. Because the Bible says we have different charismata. We have gifts according to the grace. This is what I want you to see, the connection. The original language of the New Testament is Greek. Charismata, we have different gifts according to the charis, grace, given to each of us. And Paul's playing on those words that are connected. Grace, God's favor, God's giving, God's gift shows itself in different charismata, in different ways. Given to each of us, so if your charismata is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. So what's grace here? Because grace is a big word that means lots of things in different texts in Scripture. While Paul doesn't use the phrase Holy Spirit here, we know, because if you read all of the letters of Paul, grace comes by the Holy Spirit. Charis, charismata, uh, the presence of God, grace, 
and the gifting of God, they all come from the Holy Spirit. So we know that the Holy Spirit shows himself in various forms and in various ways. Today we're just laying the foundation because if I talk about prophecy next week without laying the groundwork, it may be confusing to some or you may just check out and say, no way. Well, let me use an example. I was in Chesham, England this last week, northwest of London. And I was sharing at a variety of events. They'd set up 13 events in, in five days. One was a Moroccan supper. Why? Because there was no Moroccan restaurant. And they thought, well, if we can invite people to hear about Jesus, let's cook some food that they can't get in town, right? So, so no joke. That was the Moroccan dinner. And I had British high tea and shared with people over that. And, and there was a civic breakfast. There was a youth event. There was a kids event. There was even an American breakfast on Saturday morning. And a, they had an American come to speak at an American breakfast. And it was so hysterical because no one knew what to do. No, no joke. They put, they put the American breakfast, which was a pancake on the plate. It was actually a crepe. You know, I was like, that's not a pancake. There was no fluff. You know, you need rise. So, and then they took the most orange, it was the most bright orange scrambled eggs directly on the pancake, the crepe, with bacon next to it, and said, syrup, we've got to have syrup, right? So people were literally asking me, what do I do with the syrup? And other people were just loading the whole thing just with syrup and mashing it all together. Like, this is great. I love America. <laughs> it's weird. But I, I shared at all of these events in different ways. I didn't say the same thing twice. But it was the same message about the same person. So I dressed differently at all of the events. And because one was about Moroccan dinner, another about British high tea, another to civic leaders and other kids, the way I approached it was different, but the same person showed up in different ways to say, in one sense, the same thing differently. What I'm saying is that the Holy Spirit is bigger than we think, and he comes to us in different ways, but bringing the same truth of God. At the American breakfast, I had three uh, different people come up to me afterwards individually. One, as soon as I was done, someone came straight up like, hey, what did I say? And then I was having another conversation. Someone interrupted, can I talk to you? And then as I was about to walk out. And the three happened to be followers of Jesus. And all three of them had invited a friend, different friend. And all three said the same thing. Jose, how did you know what my friend was going through? As you're talking, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. How does he know this is exactly what he's going through? This is exactly what she's going through. And I'm thinking, I have no idea what anyone's going through. How did that happen? How could I think about, Lord, what do you want me to say? Say one thing, and it had at least three different people directly between the eyes or directly into the soul. My friends, that is the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit. Who, who's the Holy Spirit? Well, God. Okay, well, how do I know what God is like? Well, God reveals himself to us in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this is where, in order to understand grace, in order to understand gifts, charis, God's grace, God's presence, charismata, the expressions of God's grace, and we'll connect all these over the next six to seven weeks. I got to get that this comes from God himself. The Holy Spirit is God. That's why at the beginning, and I'm just going to look at Romans. I could go all over the Bible. Romans 
uh, 1, the beginning, 1 through 4. I'll put it on the screen. Paul's laying out the gospel. What does he say? Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. He's referring to God the Father. How do I know this? Verse 2. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his, God's, Son. Father, Son. As to his earthly life was a descendant of David and who through the Spirit of Holiness, capital S because it's the Holy Spirit, was appointed the Son of God empowered by the resurrection of the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. So from the outset, we have a mystery. The good news is about the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. So God gifts the world life. The Father, how? By means of the Son. How? I didn't meet the Son of God. Jesus walked for about 33 or so years. You didn't meet him. I didn't meet him. We have not been face to face with Jesus. How do I experience the love of the Father? Well, it's through the Son. How do I experience the life of the Son? Well, it's through or by means of the Holy Spirit. Perfectly united, but perfectly distinct. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If that is confusing, join the club. It's a mind blow. It's a total mind blow. And the moment it does not blow our minds, something is wrong. The moment we think we understand who God is, distinct. Father is not the Son. Son is not the Father. They're distinct. So the Son speaks and only does the work of the Father. And the Son says, I'm not going to leave you alone. Have you ever met Jesus? Is Jesus with you right now? No. Oh, shoot. How do I, what do you mean Jesus was with me? Jesus said he'll never leave me. Yes, but he said, I'm going away. So he actually did leave. Well, wait a minute. So the, yeah, the son returned to the father and is at the father's right hand, ruling. And he said, I wouldn't leave you comfortless because I'm going to give you my very spirit who is holy. So in one sense, Jesus is not with you, but I can say his presence is with me because he's given me himself, his very spirit. Again, I'm not asking you to get any of this or comprehend it fully because this is mind-blowing. The moment you and I think we know God, we're in trouble because how can my... I, I, I'm Spanish and I, I don't even know Spanish. Okay, well that's, just, that's my problem. But I can't even... I don't even... No one knows 40 different languages in this room. 50 different languages, 60 different languages in this room. So if we can't even understand human dialect fully, how in the world are we going to get God? What I want us to do is just have a bigger sense of what God is like. Because when I have a proper view of God, charis, grace, gifts, charismata, are going to make sense. All right, three things I want us to see about the life of the Holy Spirit and I'll tease out the third one, the first two I'm just going to say. The Holy Spirit sets us free to follow Jesus. The Holy Spirit sets us free to follow Jesus. Romans 8, 2. Again, I'm just staying in Romans because that's where we've been. I could go all over the New Testament. Through Jesus Christ, the law of the Holy Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So there's no possible way that I can really follow Jesus until I'm set free. 
I am enslaved by my own self. My own sinfulness, my rebellion keeps me from knowing God. It's the Holy Spirit who sets you free. You can know Jesus because he gives you life and now the old way of living is gone. Who does that? The Holy Spirit. Second, the Holy Spirit enables, enables us to recognize God's presence. How do I know that God is near? Ever been in a gathering or at home or in your car and you just you feel like you're not alone? That God is with you. It's the, if that has never happened to you, I pray experientially you have moments like that. Where it's like, or you're just with some other people and like, man, God is with us. How do you know it? Romans 8.16. The Holy Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The way I know God is with me, I wouldn't know God is with me apart from the Holy Spirit. This is why some of us, we just have, we, we don't know and we're confused and we're frightened because we just haven't understood all that God is and all that he's given. So the Holy Spirit, whenever I have a sense of God's presence, that is God's very spirit saying, we are here. He's saying, we are here. Mind blow. But that's just God. One God in three persons. Third, I want to tease out today. The Holy Spirit empowers us to continue Jesus' work. Uh, and you look at John 14 to 17, you see it unending. Jesus teaches about the work of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to stick with Romans just because that's where we are. Romans 12, 6. We have different charismata according to the charis or grace given to each of us. So if your gift is prophesying, prophesy in accordance with your faith. So the Holy Spirit empowers us to continue the work of Jesus so what we're going to see is every one of these gifts, every one of these grace opportunities, every one of these expressions of the Spirit's presence, all they are are a continuation of Jesus. None of the expressions of how God works in our life are different than how God showed himself in Jesus. So here's the beauty. If you are in Jesus and Jesus is in you, then all what we're called to do is to extend Jesus' work in the world. And the way he does it is God's presence comes to us in the same way that it came in the life of Jesus. This is, this is mind-blowing. Jesus heals and part of the charismata is healing. Jesus prophesies. Part of the charismata is prophecy. Jesus shows mercy. Part of the charismata is mercy. All of these are not new things. They're extensions of the work of Jesus. So how many of you would honestly say, don't raise your hand, but honestly say, I want to follow Jesus. Okay, yeah. If that's true, God has made it possible and empowered you to do it by giving you his Holy Spirit. So what we want to do is just learn who he is so that we can live in his way. Now, how does this actually work? Let's get into the nitty-gritty. And what we're going to do between now and Christmas is unpack. And ever been one of those situations where someone got the gift and the gift and the gift and the gift and the gift? It started big and heavy, and it turned out to be a small, very expensive jewel. You know, hopefully the next few weeks will be like that. So let's unwrap a layer. What, what does it look like? 1 Corinthians 12. So there's Romans, then Galatians. I'm sorry, Romans and First and Second Corinthians. Uh, so go one letter to the right. So 1 Corinthians 12, and it's so much that I'm not going to put it on the screen. So just jot it down. I'm going to fly through some of it. 
verses 1 through 11. Okay? Romans, uh, sorry, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. You with me? Keep, if not, just keep going. We'll find it or scribble it down. Now, about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. This is helpful. You can't assume that you start following Jesus, you're going to understand what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are like. We shouldn't assume that. So for some of us, and I'll just say, this is part of your tradition. You grew up in a church that talked about the Holy Spirit a good bit. Others, this is like brand new info. So I'm going to assume this is brand new info. Those of you who already kind of get the foundation, just nod and go, wow. You know, and just pretend. Just pre It'll make me feel better. All right. Now, about the phrase, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Here's the tricky part, and I'll tease this out over the next couple of weeks. In the NIV, it has the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but it's actually one word in Greek, which is pneumatikos, or spirituals. Now, you don't need to write this down or memorize it. You just need to know that when in English we say the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, is now about the spirituals, or about the things of the Spirit. He's not necessarily at this point saying all of these individual gifts. He's saying about the things that are spiritual. And I'll come back to why that's important later on. Nothing wrong with the translation, gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's what he's referring to, but he says the, about the pneumatikos. More on that in a bit. Verse 2. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray uh, to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who's speaking by the Spirit of God says, quote, Jesus be cursed. And no one could say, quote, Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. I want, you, I want you to be uninformed about the spirituals. Okay, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the source, the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit sets us free to follow Jesus. So the Spirit is already at work whether you know it or not. Whether you understand the spirituals or not. The Holy Spirit is already at work in your life. How? If you have said Jesus is Lord, that was the Holy Spirit enlightening you. Verse 4. Okay, he's enlightening you, but there's more. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings. But in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. There are different kinds of charismata. There are different kinds of charisma. There are different kinds of giftedness, but the same pneuma. There are different things, but one pneuma. Out of the one spirit come the spirituals, is what he's saying. The source of everything is God himself. Why is that important? Verse 7. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. I'm going to repeat myself. Sorry, I just need to get this though. One source. The spirituals come from the Spirit. There's one Holy Spirit who distributes, right? So there's lots of expressions. There's only one source. And it's given for the good of everyone. So... Out of one source comes all of these expressions that are meant to help everyone. 
To one there's given the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gift of healing by the one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits. Which means not every spirit is of God. Let's remember that one. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. To still another the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, highlight it. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each just as he determines. So what do we need for a healthy understanding of the spirituals or the charismata? And again, don't get caught up in the words. I'm just I'm trying to compare one and many, one and many. It all comes from the source, the Holy Spirit. So write this down. The Holy Spirit is the gift. The Holy Spirit is the gift. So he's like, what, are, what, are, what does it mean to be a charismatic church? At the source, it's to say that God has given the body the gift. What's the gift? It's not tongues. The gift is not the interpretation of tongues. The gift is not prophecy. The gift, all of those are various expressions of the gift. I think what Paul's try, trying to drive home that we can forget. The gift is the Holy Spirit himself. By the way, if God didn't grace you with the Holy Spirit's presence, you couldn't even know who Jesus is. So the Spirit is at work. The same Spirit that brings me to Jesus is the same Spirit that now empowers me to live the way of Jesus and to connect with you. Again, all of this is just foundation. Once we talk about prophecy next week, some of the, okay, uh, now I, I, I got it. So please come next week. Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 are two different lists. Did you notice? They didn't say the same thing. And so this is important. There's all sorts of expressions, one same spirit. So when I say that we should express the gifts of the spirit as we love one another and serve Jesus, what am I saying? See, this is where the term gift can, can trip us up. Think presence. The presence of the Holy Spirit is what we need. Because in the presence of the Holy Spirit, whatever is needed is now cared for. Because the gift is the Holy Spirit himself. So it's not like when I say, like, and Jim was saying last week, that you're gifted by God. Don't think gifts in the terms of, by the way, Christmas is 57 days away. Hello, Amazon. Work it now. Okay. Gifts here aren't presents. So none of us could say like, hey man, I, I got a box of prophecy. Isn't this awesome? Or like, look, the Lord gave me a year-long supply of healing. I've got gifts. Don't think I've got gifts as what Paul is trying to get at. What he's saying is when you come together, remember, God has given his people himself. Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm with you always. The Holy Spirit's presence is with you. And if the Spirit is present with you, we should see God's presence show up in real ways. And the real ways are manifestations or gifts. So don't think like, well, man, he's gifted with that and he's gifted and she's gifted with that and I'm not gifted. Is the Spirit with you? If the Spirit is with you, then the Spirit is the gift and anything, catch this one, Anything God wants to do is possible. So it is not about like, well, man, 
I've got the gift of teaching, therefore don't come to me if you're ill because I don't have the gift of healing. Now, what we're going to see in experiences is as people, according to their faith, believe that God will use them, guess what? God's going to use them. As people are awakened to the reality that God can use me, God says, great, let's go for it. So what stops us sometimes from seeing God at work through us is not, it's not God. He's already given us the gift. The gift is the Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. Therefore, anything is possible in and through your life because the Spirit gives, quote, just as he determines. And in a moment, God can use you in ways that are beyond you. And that, my friends, is the normal Christian life. That's the normal, not the version that so many of us have heard. The normal Jesus-following life is Jesus' presence. So when there's brokenness, we want God to step in, and that's called healing. And when we don't know what to do, we want God to step in. That's knowledge and wisdom. The focus in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and we're going to see a few more before we're done this morning, is that God comes and is with his people, therefore we should expect God to be God in and through us, which is exciting and frightening. But let me just dispel the idea. I don't have the gift of prophecy in the sense that I've got a superpower. There's no cape. There's no, no cape. There's no like, I've got this. But I have found in my life, for some reason, I just believe that God will speak to people. And so there are times when, when I found that, man, I have a word for someone. But that is not, I have the gift. It's no, the Spirit is here. And if someone needs to hear a word, wow, I'm willing to take a risk and give it, trusting if it's from the Spirit, they'll know it. And that's the distinction. Verse 11 is key. Let me repeat it again. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one as he determines. So it doesn't mean that God is going to do everything through your life, right? He may not, but it does mean he's doing something. But I do want us to awaken to this potential. God could do any sort of thing in and through you, and anything through you. He's going to determine the where and the when and the how, but I want to be expectant for God to work. So the Spirit's been given to you, and you should expect the Spirit's presence to work among you. Among you. A couple of more, and we're done, and we'll pick it up with prophecy next week. Turn to Ephesians 4, verse 11 through 13. All this time I've been talking about Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and there are these manifestations. There's prophecy and teaching and and encouragement and giving and mercy and miraculous, all of that. But that's not the only thing. Ephesians 4, 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure 
of the fullness of Christ. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. I just want to see us to see as Paul's talking about the work of the Spirit through the church to the church in Ephesus, he reminds us, Jesus himself by the Spirit appoints various people. So God manifests Jesus' presence through prophecy, words of wisdom, tongues, but also in different types of people, apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And so there are functions in God's family that the Spirit of God works through. There are moments that he works through, a moment where a word of knowledge or an interpretation of tongue and, or a healing or of a miracle. There are people that God works through for the good. Notice, until we all reach unity in the faith. So God works in moments and God works through these functions, these people that help build up the body. Now go one over. Go to Galatians 5. Just go to the left. Galatians 5, verse 22. Since I'm going fast, I'll also throw it on the screen. But if you have your own Bible and you'd like to make notes, go there if you would. But the fruit, Galatians 5, 22. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love and joy and peace and forbearance and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And against such things there's no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Holy Spirit, let's keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Let's not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. All I want us to see today as we think about life in the church is life in the church is about life in the Spirit. How do we follow Jesus? Father, Son, and Spirit. The way we know the will of the Father is through Jesus. When I see Jesus, I've seen the Father. That's what Jesus himself said. How do I get any of that in my mind and soul? God himself has come and is living in every Jesus follower, leading, guiding, and bringing you all that you need to live and continue the work of Jesus in and through your life. So we've seen it's through these manifestations that seem to happen as the Spirit wills it. It happens through these functions, these people, the apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And it also happens in the deepest level of character. So when we talk about life in the Holy Spirit, it's not just about moments. It's not about people who function to help the body work. It's through an absolute transformation. By the way, all of these are Jesus. Jesus is love. Jesus is joy. Jesus is. So the fruit, the evidence of the Holy Spirit's work in everyone's life could be moments, could be functions. God can raise you up to do these things to serve the body. It's not for you. The moments aren't for you. If, if God's functioning, using you in a way, it's not for you. And the character, de character development is not just for you. It's that the world will believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And how will people know who Jesus is? It's when love and joy and peace and forbearance and patience and goodness and kindness and self-control, all of these things, characteristics of Jesus. So God is going to work in lots of ways. Now I'm going to do this. I'm going to throw it all on the screen just to pull it all together. And I just want you to see all of it. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4. So prophecy, serving, teaching, encouragement, giving, leading, mercy, all of these messages, 
apostles, prophets, evangelists, love, joy, peace. All of these things are various expressions of God in and through your life and in and through my life. And if it seems overwhelming, fantastic. This is a lifelong work where God is developing and changing my character. He's using me in moments. He's, he's helping me to function in my place. And, and, and no one has all of this, but this all comes from the Holy Spirit. And so he's going to work in and through us. Now, so where do, where do I, what do I do? Where, where do I go? How do I, how do I start? If this is God's desire in and through all of us in various ways, I'll, I'll focus back to Romans 12 where we started. We have different gifts according to the grace God has given us. So if your gift is prophesying, prophesy in accordance with your faith. How do I grow in understanding and partnering with the Holy Spirit for the good of other people? How do I, how do I begin? If this is brand new or this is being, I think for some of us, reawakened. We heard this as a kid and then someone was really goofy. You just you saw someone say something like, if that's God, get me out. This is just weird. Or off. Or something said didn't come to pass. And you feel like you got burned. And I'm, I'm going to shut that off. I'm just, I just want, just give me Jesus. Well, that's a problem. Because <laughs> the only way I encounter the reality of Jesus is by his presence, his Holy Spirit. So we need the Holy Spirit. And we know he's gifted. So... What do I do? According to the measure of faith God has given you, in accordance with your faith. Jim, I think, said it right. What Paul is saying here is that God even himself has given you the ability to receive all of his goodness and all of his presence. So hear me. This is not about you saying, well, God, like I got nothing. And I don't even, I, there's no way you could use me. No, 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 no. God already is working in and through you in accordance with what you will trust him to do. So God the Holy Spirit has set you free. God the Holy Spirit is enabling you to understand and receive God's presence. God the Holy Spirit is empowering you to continue the work of Jesus. It might be through prophecy. It might be through serving. It might be through mercy. It might be through some other means. It could be that God is raising you up to function in a way in the body to build it up, apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. It might be that God is wanting to drill love into your soul. Because apart from love, it's all a big noise. All of these things are needed. The question is, do you believe that God wants to do it in and through you? So my word to you this morning is let's get moving. God has already deposited faith in your soul, the ability to receive all that he wants. Now are you willing to express it? So what, what do I mean? Like let's get moving. What Paul says is the spirit is already distributing, working, doing. And so if we want to be healthy, what do we know about health in the natural way of, of living? It's about diet and exercise. Would you agree? I don't care what the plan, what the formula. It comes down to diet and exercise. And so we see it in Romans 12. Transformation happens in the mind. 
I can begin to partner with God by beginning to feed myself on what is true because what goes in comes out. And if my diet is all carnal, if my diet is all untruths, if my diet isn't coming, if I'm not receiving from God, if I'm not asking for more, then it's impossible to open myself up to these other beautiful expressions of God, which are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So it's about diet, but God wants to transform you even in your thinking. But then it goes to exercise. He goes from be transformed in the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, perfect, and pleasing will. What's his good, perfect, and pleasing will? You have different gifts. Now use them. His good and perfect and pleasing will is that you and I would rise up and continue the work of Jesus. Not that you are Jesus. <laughs> we need him. But we are in him and he is in us. Therefore, anything is possible. The Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is now. The Holy Spirit is already moving in and through you. Do you believe he could do more? Or are you satisfied? That's the challenge. I think what stops many, not all, many from stepping out into new areas of growth is just saying, okay, God, this is it. I already have it. Uh, or I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for more. Because more can be sometimes scary. And so as we transition to worship, here's what I want us to remember. Galatians 5, we read it, but I'm putting it in the New Living Translation. Since we are living by the Holy Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. That's asking for more. It's recognizing the Spirit is leading us. Since we're living, we're following Jesus because the Spirit is in us moving. Now, what do I do? I want the Holy Spirit to lead me in every part of life. And that means the untapped parts of life. So this morning, are you ready for more? Are you wanting more? Are you willing to take steps of faith and exercise for more? Okay, that was all theory. Let's do something. <laughs> oh, wait. Okay, what? I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith without freaking you out. Baby steps. Crawl, walk, and I pray within a coming year, we run. But we got to crawl first, right? As an act of worship, we're going to sing in a moment. The band's going to come. But here's what I want us to do. Let's pray now for the person to my left or right without asking their name, without having that awkward, I, I don't want to talk to you, but I was told to. You know, like all that, that happens. Let's pray for the person to our left and our right that God would do something in their world right now. That's, that's not hard, but that's where it's, it starts with believing. Do you actually believe... If you pray for the person to your left or to your right, that God's presence can come and touch them without you even knowing it right now. Let the gifts happen in accordance with your faith. Do you believe? So let's, let's test God in the best sense of the world. word. Don't test him by doing foolish things and saying, God, I wonder if you see me. That's foolish testing. Let's test him in the good sense. Holy Spirit, do something. 
him and through the people of this room for them. Now, if God, as you're praying, begins to stir you towards something, then during worship or afterwards, pull them aside and say, hey, as I was praying, I'm just wondering if, and then go into whatever. That's totally cool too. You could go and do more, but let's not do less. So I'm gonna invite you to stand, if you would. And let's just ask the Holy Spirit. Brent is just gonna play in your own way. I encourage you. It may seem foolish. Pray for them, if you would. And if you do it soft voice, that's cool. Pray for them out loud. If you know them by name, it's even easier. Just pray God's presence, God's, God's work, whatever their needs are. Just, just pray the life of God to the person to your left, the person to your right. And then Brandon will lead us in song. And this is an act of worship and faith. Wouldn't it be cool if someone gets healed?